Hi, this is Eden Busani, and I'm your host for the Meraki Podcast. Every Monday and Thursday, we upload new episodes from incredible speakers who share their wisdom on important life lessons and their personal journeys towards living a purposeful life. Tune in on Thursdays to get my latest scoop on self-growth and personal development. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Welcome to another episode of the Meraki Podcast. Today I have the amazing, amazing Michelle Quay. She is a confident and leadership coach, uh, founder of Elevate Life Coaching and author of Perfectly Normal. I want to welcome you, Michelle. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing great. Um, yeah, I just had my workout, so I'm a little sweaty. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so today we are here. We're going to be talking about um, an amazing topic that we both chose. It's going to be relevant to us, to the audience. Um, and it's about resiliency. Is that correct? Yes, correct. I love that word, resiliency. And and I think just a syllabus, you know, like, oh, it's, it feels very powerful already. <laughs> yes. I mean, resiliency is very powerful. Being able to stick to it and not give up and know that you have the power and being able to push and grind, that's, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's regardless of what the outcome is, right? So when we, when we think about resiliency, it's really that inner quality that we all have. It's already within you. So the idea is to actually bring it out so that we can use it in our everyday life so that we, no matter what the, what's ahead of us, you know, that uncertainty, fear, it doesn't matter. We can still push ourselves through it and, and achieving it, achieving our goal. Yeah. I, I mean, everyone has, should have goals, hopefully. Right. Um, and sometimes we can go through some challenge or some like a, a stumble through something and it would be like, I give up, you know, I'm not strong enough. I don't have it in me. I'm not passionate enough or whatever mm-hmm. it is. You might truly not be passionate. So that might not be a good idea, a good, uh, um, example, but when you want to do something and you feel like you need to give up, that's when resiliency comes in. And I know that you have a story. You have an amazing story. So why don't you share with us a little bit about that and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I love how you brought up, you know, never give up. And resilience is really about that never giving up, right? No matter how much challenge that we have, it's believing in ourselves that somewhere around the universe, we will have, we will find the answer. So um, my biggest challenge or hurdle or obstacle that I had to overcome was the fact that I am physically disabled. So listener who's not watching us, I I know Eden is in front of me and, and she we met a couple of times, but, you know, never had I ever standing up and in front of the camera or, you know, meeting her in person. So if you were to see me live, I am physically disabled and I walk with crutches. And this is a result of an accident that was um, <clears throat> when, I, when I was 11 years old. So I was coming off from school one day and I'm, I was waiting for my mom to pick me up from the school. As I was crossing the street, I, my, I saw there's a lot of Um, chaos around me and I saw my friends shouting at me I saw people I hear people shouting and I heard this loud screeching sound that was coming really really closer but I couldn't take I couldn't comprehend which side it was coming from by the time I realized it I was already uh, blacked out I don't remember how I how I felt to the floor and I don't remember how I got to the hospital so I woke up looking around, I was already in the hospital. 
and what I heard afterwards was that there was a car that just ran the red light that hit me and um, it must have been my mom who brought me to the hospital. So I waking up, I was there already. I looked down on my waist, you know, basically the doctor had wrapped me with a uh, plaster all over and I was bound, I was stuck. And, and for the following three months, I was basically sent home. I had to leave school, no more school. I was just recovering from home. And after they took, up, took off the cast, I had to uh, do rehab to learn how to walk again. So for, from 11 years old till 15 years old, I lived by myself in a rehab center. And all of this accident happened in Taiwan. So I came from Taiwan. I was born in Taiwan, came from Taiwan. And, and from 11 years old to 15 years old, I was just living in the rehab center by myself. Now talk about, you know, abandon, <laughs> abandonment. Talk about being alone, being isolated. I, for someone who is at age 11, it was really difficult to go through that experience and knowing that, you know, you go, to, you go through your puberty, not having your parents or your mom to, to, to be there and supporting you. Like, I remember I was getting my first period during that time and I was scared. Even though my mom had prepped me already and she's like, oh, this is what to expect. But still, when I first got it, it was, mm, I wish that my mom was there to, to like, at least to hug me, to hold my hand and say, you know what, don't worry, we'll, we'll get through this together. But no, I, I didn't have that luxury of doing that. I was just dealing with everything myself. After 11 years old, I, my family got the permission to come to America. So I went to high school here. I went through college. I went to graduate school here. So going through that period of time and journey, it was knowing how to walk, learning how to walk, and knowing that I would look very different for the rest of my life. Um, so when, before, I discharged, before I got discharged from the hospital, the doctor gave me a pair of um, really ugly metal bracelet. And he told me that I have to wear them until I reach my uh, 18. He said that if I don't wear them um, because of my body weight, it's going to cause deformity on my, on my legs. So of course, you know, at age 16, I didn't, I didn't listen to him. I wanted to look pretty. I wanted to dress up. I wanted to, you know, go, go to the prom, go and start dating. Um, but having that pair of ugly bracelet, it was almost a symbol of shame and symbol of differences. So I didn't like that. So I put it away, didn't care what the doctor had suggested. And of course, it created um, damage, permanent damage on my legs, and which is why it led to, you know, I have to use my crutches in order to walk. Otherwise, I can't walk. Um, now, now it's even worse. Um, so I can't walk more than a block or more just from one, one end of the room to another room. I used to be able to walk without crutches, um, you know, maybe a block or two. But as I age, you know, the, the physical... Um, disability just comes stronger and stronger. So nowadays, you know, I have to use crutches to walk. And living through that life, so I lived that life 30 years, for 30 years. Um, I'm, 40, I'm 46 right now. So 30 years of my life, up until 40, that's how I live. Always talking to myself and the way I talk to myself, it's like, you're not pretty enough. You're not tall enough. You're only four feet, four inches tall. What makes you think that you can go into an, uh, a Boeing company and have the job and be a manager and operating and managing other people? You don't look like them. You're not even tall enough. 
what makes you think that you can um, do be a pharmacy manager? What makes you think that you can do all that? What makes you think that you can go into a relationship? And what makes you think that he's gonna like he's gonna like you? So there was a lot of constant um, self criticism and battling within myself. To all, so strong that sometimes I would wake up in the middle of the night, I would just be in tears because it was just a lot of emotion and feeling that I don't think I deserve. I don't think I deserve to be in this world. Like, what was my purpose? What is my purpose if this is how I look, if this is how I feel, if this is how I am? And why, why would it be me that has to be different? Like, why couldn't it happen to someone else on, the, on that day? Why does it have to be me? So I was constantly in that battle of trying to fit in to the world, to, my, to the community, to the society, to my family. It, I was constantly struggling to get in, to, to fit in, to be accepted by, the, by everything around me. But I kept failing in it. But then there's that resilience that comes in that you just somehow you just know that you can get you can give up. And so one day um, when I was 40, I woke up one day and it was that feeling of, you know, what, what am I doing here? Like no one. I'm not with anybody. I have multiple failed relationship or not even relationship. There are friends where we go out a couple of dates and he would say, oh, Michelle, you're so wonderful, you're amazing, you're smart, you're everything, but I, that should be friend. And it's, very, it, it's a very hurtful feeling because you, give, you pour yourself out. You love that person so much. You were hoping that relationship will, will work out. But it turns out that the first thing that comes to my mind is, of course he doesn't like me. Of course he doesn't love me because this is how I look. So everything is about what's wrong with me. So that day when I woke up, I was like, you know what, I, 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 I'm done. I'm done feeling this way. I'm done feeling you know, shitty about myself. And I want to get up. I want to be able to change my life, whatever that looks like. So that year, I started to work out. I never in my life had I go to the gym. Never in my life had I pick up any, any exercising things. Um, so on that day, I went out to Target. I bought myself a balancing ball, brought it home, start working out, you know, very light work. And then I got really ambitious. So I went in and signed up um, at, a, at a gym member and I hired myself a personal trainer. And I said, listen, I need you to help me because I can't do this by myself, but I know I have to do this. I know I have to change. And so he and I start wor working together. And that same year, I told him, you know, I think, you know, my friends just came back from um, Peru and they were all talking about this amazing trip that they went. I want to do that too. I want to be like that. I want to be able to participate in their conversation. So, and he said, great, where do you want to go? I said, well, I kind of wanted to go hike. Okay, hike. All right. <laughs> I, you got this. And so he and I talk and I said, okay, great. And so you're going to help me because um, I'm going to hike Machu Picchu. So um, I remember he was really shocked, but, but we start working together again. And I said, you know, I got this. And again, that's where our resilience come in because you know somewhere deep inside that if you just 
push through one more day, tomorrow will be different. Tomorrow, you know, you may not go far, but tomorrow will be different. Tomorrow will be something new. So I kept having that mindset of tomorrow will be different. I got this. I can do this. So that year, um, September 2016, I booked myself a ticket. I flew myself alone. You know, I was just traveling alone. I flew myself to Peru with my two crutches, um, two pink crutches with the luggage. I somehow managed to got onto the airplane, got there by myself, landed, spoke no Spanish. So I kind of just using my Google translator there and, and, and just pointing to people. And I said, I got this, I'm gonna do this. And then, so two days before, before, before the hike, I, got, I actually got food poisoning. So because once you're in Peru, you start wanting to try out different things, you know, so I tried their ceviche, I tried their, um, these, uh, um, they, they, it's known as guinea pig, but they, they call it uh, cuy, C-U-Y, cuy. So it's a delicate in, in Peru. So I started to go around town, walking around, and I had so much fun, but I got food poisoning two days before the hike. And I remember that night, I called I call my sister. I got um, check, checked into a, to a hospital, to a clinic, um, because it was so bad that my body was just not, not functioning. So the doctor recommended in, to, to go to the uh, hospital in, in Peru. So I did that. But in the hospital, I called my sister and she's like, she said to me, Michelle, you got to come home. You're going to kill yourself there. What are you doing? And again, here's that resilience that come in. And I said to myself, you know, and I said to my sister, you know, no, I am not coming home. I'm going to do this. I prepare myself this far. I came this far. I am not coming home. And I remember before I went on to the trip, I actually thought about, well, what if I die in Machu Picchu? So I actually bought myself helicopter insurance just in case they need to come and lift my body off, um, off from Machu Picchu to, to come home. So I did all that. Came, well, that day when I uh, was on, so I hiked through that 26 miles of Inca Trail in four days. And every day we had to uh, camp out. And every day it was at, resilience that pulled me through it because every day I would hike for eight to ten hours on my two crutches wow. yeah like right now Eden has a her jaw her yeah. jaw just dropped <laughs> <laughs> there's no shower there's no shower there's no toilet so you are like literally really roughing it out and again it's that resilience that you believe and you know that in order to get to some places, in order to go from point A to point B, you are going to put yourself together and take one step at a time. And that's what I did. Even though it was eight to, eight to 10 hour hike every day, it was five o'clock I get up in the morning and I know I'm gonna prepare myself for a long day. But every step that I was pushing out, and when I do the step, it's not just, you know, my leg doing the step. It was actually my whole upper body. So you know, I had to use a lot of shoulder weight. I had to do a lot of wrist. And so it was a mentally preparing myself to be ready for that, for that day's hike. Because I don't know how long it's going to take me to the, to the next campsite. And I don't know whether or not, I've never been there, so I don't know how steep those um, stairs are. And a lot of these stairs are much taller than the length of my leg. 
So in order for me to get onto the stairs, I have to uh, put my uh, crutches up first and then get on, get onto my hands and knee, crawl up to the next stairs, pick up my crutch, repeat that every single time until I reach to a point where, you know, I kind of can rest a little bit because they call it Peruvian flat, um, meaning there's no stairs anymore. It's kind of just going steep um, uphill. So I did that for four days. I remember on the last day of that trip, I was standing at the last 50 steps prior entering Machu Picchu. I looked up and I said to myself, oh my God, I can't believe that I was able to come this far. I can't believe me, you know, someone who can't even run, who can't even jump, but here I am. And with all, when I look back with all the failures in my relationship, in my personal life, in my professional life, I couldn't believe that I am here. And, and I remember I was there and I start to got really emotional. And, and looking at that last 50 steps, I wasn't sure how I am going to be able to finish it. So I, I paused for a minute and I gathered myself together and I said, okay. I took a deep breath. I got this. All right. I made it this far. I can definitely finish this because I am not going back. I took off my backpack. I gave my two crutches to my uh, team, team leader. And I said, you know, go, go up there and meet me at the, at the top of the stairs. So again, he, he went up like in a flash and I got onto my knees and hand. I start crawling the last 50 steps because the last 50 steps, the angle, like, so the stairs of the angle is about 60, 70 degree um, angle. So it's really steep and there's no way for me to land my uh, crutches safely. So in order for me to safely get up there, I have to, you know, kind of maneuver a little bit um, in terms of direction and where my body lands, that kind of thing. So I gave, I gave my questions to him and told him to meet me on the top. Got up to the top. I just couldn't hold it anymore. I start break, I broke up and crying. I was in tear, wet, wet my tear, looked so ugly. And I was tear, I was all in dust because it was really dusty and I haven't showered. I haven't showered for four days. There's no shower, there's no hot shower. So I was really exhausted walking in and there's tons of people. There's a lot of people from all over the world and they're usually in their twenties and thirties. Um, Cause you know, people, this, this, that is the time or the age where we start, we want adventure. So everyone went to Machu Picchu and there's a lot of elder, elder um, tourists too. So all the tourists were gathering around that was taking a rest before they head uh, further down to Machu Picchu site. And everyone turned and they saw me walking in. Wow. Everyone stood up. They all stood up and they were all clapping. Everyone was cheering. And someone from Canada actually came up to me and he had a little uh, Canada uh, flag. He said, here, you're, you're our honorary Canadian. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I still have the pin. It's very, um, very special. So I felt really good. I felt really inspired and, and I was really just crying because I couldn't believe I made it this far. And with that inspiration, I came home. I started to think about what do I want to do for the rest of my life? And it was a very life-changing moment because 
through that journey, I realized that there's so much within us that we haven't even thought about because we're so busy focusing on all the voices, all the negativity, all the people who tell us that you can do certain things, you are not capable of doing certain things. And worst of all, it's us, you know, telling ourselves, you can't be good enough, you can't be smart enough, you can't do this. There's a lot of we cannot do, and we start to believing in them. And I think that's the worst thing that we can do is to start believing that we don't have the ability to do things. And, and all these negative self-talks start hiding our, our really our true potential and our true authenticity. Because the more that you listen to it, the more you realize that, wait, I don't, maybe I, they're right. Maybe that voice is right. I can't really do this. So you start doubting yourself even more, even though that you are greater and bigger than you think you, who you are. So, yeah. So that's my resilient story. <laughs> that's an incredible, incredible, incredible story. Michelle, you are like, I don't even know how to describe it. A, a hero, a, um, a superwoman, superwoman. <laughs> I think we all, so one of, one of my signature speech, so I go around and do motivational speech um, and speaking. One of my uh, signature speech is a hero within you. How, how can you be a hero in saving this world? And, and, you know, I want everyone to realize and to know that you have a purpose here. The reason why we're all here is we have a reason to be here. And that reason is your special uniqueness. Um, what makes you special? What makes you different? This is the reason why we have people who good, really good with accounting. This is why we have people who's really good with engineering because we all have that special talent. And that is the purpose that we are all here so that we can contribute using our special talent to contribute to make this world better, to, to um, really saving the world. How do we save the world? It's by raising um, each person's consciousness one person at a time, right? Yeah. So if we see injustice, we want to speak up. If we see something that was fail unfairly done, we want to speak up. How do we recognize what is just, what is moral, what is ethical? Because deep down inside, we already have those quality of being ethical, being moral, being right. And, and those are your inner quality that makes you unique. And it, it's almost a shame to not to be able to step into our true power, our true authenticity, and being able to use those quality that's already given within you. Um, and I, a lot of time I tell people, you know, they say, oh, Michelle, you know, you're such an inspiring person, you're a hero, you're a superwoman. But the idea I want everyone to remember and to walk away is that you are the hero. I have a story that's unique to me, but so are you. You have a story that you have gone through and maybe, maybe it's as small as you think it may be, it's significant to you. So we all have our story. Yes. Just by hearing my story doesn't make your story any insignificant, any less. Your story is just as, as important as mine. And wow. that is the idea I want people to walk away with. Wow. Thank you so much, Michelle. Um, I have so much to say on this, but we're just short on time. So 
I'm going to get like straight into the questions. Um, we have three questions from the audience, uh -huh. amazing questions. Let's go through them quickly. Um, and then we'll have, you do have some, uh, you have your, uh, maybe we can mention your book, your website where people can find you. Yeah. Um, but let's start with the questions. All right. So question number one, what are some tips you can give to boosting my self-love? So self-love, one, one, number one tip is gratitude, right? So we always have to realize, and I think a lot of people already practicing gratitude. You know, what do I have? Look around you. What do I have in my life? I need to be thankful for now, I want you to think about that gratitude, but turning inward. So instead of looking around, I want you to start looking inside of you. What is it about you that makes you special? So one of the exercises, I call it who am I exercise. And basically the who am I exercise involves, I want you to list five to 10 values that you hold dear in your life. So maybe you value authenticity, maybe you value honesty, Maybe you value, um, you know, uh, family time. What are the values that you have in your life that are important to you? Make a list of that. And then I want you to make a list of all your attributes. What are some of the attributes that you already have that you believe is, that makes you unique, that makes you different? So make a list of what your attribute are, attributes are. And then lastly, I want you to make a list of all the characteristics that you would like to have. So looking around and maybe you admire, um, I don't know, um, Elon Musk. He's great, right? Because he's uh, really smart, making a lot of money. What are some of the quality that you see in him that you would like to have? And how do you relate yourself to, to that quality? How can we improve ourselves into that quality? So that's how you practice self-love. In addition to the gratitude for, that we have for the external world, I want you to start learning that gratitude for yourself make yourself the center of the universe awesome all right question number two i crave confidence in my life but my fears hold me back what can i do to break this chain so there's a there's a trick about fear fear we all heard of that acronym false evidence appearing real right so a lot of time our fear is not real. How do you know if it's, your, if it's a real fear or is it something that you just made up? Um, the way that you do it is you list all the things that you are afraid of. And, and so I call it a safety net. What is the worst case scenario when we're in a situation, say pandemic, for example, what is the worst case scenario that you can experience during this pandemic? Make a list of the worst case scenario go back and look at you know, each item that you have listed. Which one is realistic? Let's say I could lose my job. Is it realistic? Have you already lost, lost your job or are you at the edge of losing your job? Is it real? Is it false? And if it is real, what can you do to prepare yourself in, in planning it? Planning, a lot of time, it helps alleviating that fear within us. So uh, safety net. Make a list of what is real, what is not real, based on what you are afraid of, and come up with a plan for those that are real, the fear that is real to you, and how can we prepare ourselves for that? And hopefully that would help with the, with, the, with the fear that you have. Amazing. I actually say the same thing, that a lot of times the fears that we have are just an illusion. A lot of the obstacles we face are just an illusion. It's not reality. It's there because we... Have, because somebody told us it's there, because we were brought up to believe it's there. Um, 
or because we just have a fear of a past, past experience or something. But a lot of the times our fears are just an illusion so that we, and we need to be able to differentiate that. Just like you said, you said it beautifully between what is real and what is not. Mm -hmm. All right. Question number three, last one. How do I get rid of negative thoughts when in reality, I can't even control them to begin with? So, yes. So having that, um, so having those negative self-talk, a lot of time we want to control it, right? So we have this busy mind keep running around. So what will work in, in order, the step number one to be able to control them is by catching them. You have to practice and, and that self-awareness. Yeah. Every time that, that negative self-talk self-talk or negative thoughts comes up, catch it, recognize it. And sometimes you'll, you'll, you'll see people wearing a rubber band and that would be like a thought stopper. Every time you have that thought, snap yourself, right? But you know, psychologically, that's like a, a punishment, punishment reward system. Um, I don't recommend that. What I do recommend is that you keep a judgment journal. And you can actually download on my website. Um, I'll share the website with you later. You can download the, web, download the um, judgment journal or just write a piece of paper. Every time you have that negative thoughts, write it down on a piece of paper. And once you catch it, I want you to rephrase it. So turn it into a question. So instead of saying, um, you know, I'm not good enough, I want you to turn that negative statement into a question. Ask yourself, why would I even think about that I am not good enough? I'm curious why I think that. What are some of the quality that makes me really smart? Like, what have I done in the past that made me really smart? And so not only do you go back to your past experience where you have really great success in doing things, that would actually boost your uh, confidence level. It would also eliminate the negative self-talk because now you just turn it into a more neutral or something even more positive. So you do two things, you know, you stop your negative self-talk and you actually boost your confidence by remembering why you were successful the, the first time, the, or the last time. Wow, beautiful, Michelle. You added so much, so much. Your story is incredible. Like I said, superwoman. Uh, amazing, amazing. You answered the question so beautifully. Um, you wanna share your, I know you have a book, Mm -hmm. uh, perfectly normal you have you want to share uh, your links where we can find that and your website yeah so I have a book that's published you can find it on Amazon it's called perfectly normal an immigrant story of making it in America um, I also have a website you can find it at elevatelightcoaching.org and you can actually order the book from my website I personally signed it and send it to you oh wow um, yeah and you can find me you can follow me on Instagram at elevatelightcoach all right, do you have any other social media platforms or just Instagram? I have Facebook too. Facebook okay. is the Life Coaching, Life Coaching by Elevate. Amazing. All right, thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. <laughs> so did we. It was incredible. <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning in to the Meraki podcast and for joining me on the adventure of my life. I hope you found this episode to be enjoyable and valuable. You can find out more about us at MerakiOfficial.com. If you enjoyed this episode and feel others can benefit from it as well, spread the love by sharing.